Hey guys, this is Field of Vapor. Hey folks, this is Pete Bissardo. Hey guys, this is Ruby Roo, and you're listening to Smoke Free Radio. Welcome to another edition of Smoke Free Radio right here on the VP Live Network. The telephone lines are open, 347-308-8329. Press 1 with any questions or comments during tonight's broadcast. Or, of course, tweet me at Vaping Greek. Hashtag competition, Smoke Free Radio. Now with lower gauge wire. <laughs> By the way, if you guys did not catch Russ's show last night, I think he did a great job interviewing the gentleman that uh, almost got arrested for, for vaping uh, in, in New York uh, filmed the entire thing. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, a lot of people have asked me on my thoughts on it, wh- whether I agree or disagree with him. Uh, did he provoke him? Yeah, he did provoke him. Uh, I, I think that's obvious to everybody that saw the video. But do I agree with him? Yeah, I do. I do. Because this shit happens every day. I mean, if, if, you, if you don't believe that stuff like this harassment like that happens every day... Uh, you're living uh, in a fantasy world, number one. And number two, as a vapor, what better way to get mainstream media <laughs> representation than stories like this? Yeah, he did a good job. I think he did a great job uh, videotaping the whole thing. And uh, and who knows, hopefully this will get us on, on some Fox News and some CNN and some, some, some other. We need to do something to get out there. We need our voices heard. We're not hearing anything from our side of the community. Always seeing bad stuff hitting the news daily. E-cigarette exploded in California last night. Imagine that. Another e-cig exploded. Uh, another story ran today uh, from Aldehyde. The guy today where uh, Greg Connolly was, uh, went to testify for the bill said that we're using propylene Lysol. <laughs> that is L-Y-S-O-L. By the way, can somebody contact him? 
Can somebody contact that company and sue them for, for trademark infringement? We need to get out there, folks. We don't have enough money to hire a PR firm. Let's just try to do it ourselves. I don't know. That's my thoughts on it. I don't think the, the guy did a bad that. And even if he did provoke it, if he was trying to do that, more power to him. Uh, what's on tap today? Uh, we're going to be joined by Stefan Didak here in a little bit to talk about these uh, these fake vape associations that are popping up all over. You know, there's like two or three new juice lines every day. Uh, now there's like two or three uh, vape associations being introduced every day. Uh, it's the new quick um, get, get rich quick scheme. Um, also later on, we're going to be joined by uh, David Dorn. I'm his number one fan. Uh, discussing a little bit uh, EU-US relationships and, of course, uh, some vaping. I got some really interesting questions for Dave that I want to get his thoughts on. But first, let me go ahead and bring on my lovely co-host. Hopefully, she'll have a good internet connection. Uh, M, M, what's up? Hey. Hello. Oh, hey. I, I think it's better now. Does it sound okay? Oh, yeah. It sounds fine. By the way, you have to get, I have to get you another name. Okay. Because I, I mean, I can't, you know, I can't, uh, I can't, I can't find any good jokes with M, like M, like please welcome M. It's like a one letter thing, like M. M is here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. I'll think about it. Give me a week. Okay. I, I'll come up with something, something snappy. So, <laughs> right. how, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. How's your week been? It has been very busy. I heard that you got a little writing gig going on. Yes. Good for you. Yeah, it's not bad. I enjoy it. How is the world of advocacy going for you? Um, it's been really slow the last week, actually. Today, um, pretty much the only thing that really happened worth noting is uh, the European division of WHO mm-hmm. had a little hissy fit on Twitter about e-cigs today. They've been kind of quiet. Yeah, and all of a sudden, been. all of a sudden, they 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 pop out with this uh, with this thing. I think it's all orchestrated. I think it's just a just a mess. <laughs> It's just a massive orchestra of things that are coming out, bad, bad stuff to to discredit vaping and, and discredit the tobacco harm reduction movement. Yep. I definitely agree with you there. Well, let me tell you what happened here, and I want everybody to join in. I want to play this clip. This is from um, this is from the Big Island. This is from Hawaii. Listen to this. Many places on the Big Island where e-cigarette... Mayor Billy Canoy signed a bill that makes using e-cigarettes illegal at beaches, county parks public buildings and all places tobacco smoking is already banned. It's a controversial issue that has both sides concerned, but it's an issue that soon could be statewide, not just on the Big Island. Brent Romadna has been digging deeper and has more. Brent? Joe, it's an issue that's come up here before on Oahu. So far, nothing has been passed. But that could soon change as many lawmakers are looking into ways to make the ban on e-cigarettes statewide. Ask Senator Josh Green about e-cigarettes and he'll tell you it's a popular topic. There are probably 15 e-cigarette bills that have already kind of come across my desk. One of those bills is his own. And other people deserve not to have it blown into their faces. So my bill is going to do in some ways what the Big Island's bill did and then some more things. The Big Island had been looking at e-cig bans for quite a while and Monday a bill was passed. The purpose of the bill was quite simply to add electronic smoking devices into our already smoking, smoke-free laws and basically prohibit them in all public places where traditional smoking is already not allowed. While Hawaii County is currently the only place in Hawaii with a ban, there could be changes coming soon for the whole state. The reason we're doing that is just for consistency. Right now, there's so much confusion over where you can and cannot 
smoke e-cigarettes. And with multiple proposed bills, each lawmaker has their own ideas of what the ban should include. But I'm just trying to change one aspect of it, which is um, to ban e-cigarettes wherever smoking is banned. Senator Harimoto hopes a simpler bill will be easier to pass. As for Senator Green, he wants to add on to that. No smoking or using e-cigarettes where traditional cigarettes are, are not allowed to be smoked age 21 to purchase them and some modest tax to use for public health dollars so that everyone can get healthier. And with the legislative session just around the corner, you can bet this controversial topic will probably spark some debates. What do you tell companies who sell these e-cigarettes? Uh, could it hurt their business? Um, I, I like to turn that around and say I think we're here to provide for public safety and public good. And I think when we look at what is best for the public, um, that I, I think includes um, being sure that um, they're safe. Senator Green says there will be hearings over the proposed bills the first week of February. And if they are passed, there is usually a grace period so people can get used to the changes. Brent Romadna, KHON 2 News. So, M, <laughs> where do I start? Uh, <laughs> By the way, Green says that he wants to do more. This is Senator Green. Uh, no smoking or using e-cigarette where traditional cigarettes are allowed to be smoked. Uh, age 21 to purchase them. And some modest tax. Listen to this. And some modest tax to use for public health. They want some modest tax to be used for public health. Where do I start? I mean, aside from the fact of the smoking and uh, calling it smoking e-cigarettes and so forth and so forth. But the modest tax, what do they base that on? I wouldn't have a clue. I wouldn't even know where to begin where they would base it. Just no. And, and you, you know, with Volcano being in Hawaii, too, which is a huge company, I know they're going to have opposition for this, but this already got signed by the mayor. So this was my idea today. I actually contacted uh, Didac, and he helped me on this. I'm going to put the link inside the chat. Uh, this is the office of the mayor. And uh, hawaiicounty.gov slash office dash of the of dash the dash mayor. Uh, send the guy an email. And this is the email that I sent him just a few minutes ago, by the way, before the show, the show started. Uh, Dear Mayor, my name is Dimitris Agrafiotis. As an ex-smoker but now vapor, I use electronic cigarettes that save my life. I was looking forward to visiting your island with my family to enjoy the beautiful beaches and scenery. My wife and two daughters really enjoy eating out, buying gifts, and spending money while on vacation. <laughs> you know what three women can do. However, we just found out that you signed a bill Wednesday that makes using e-cigarettes illegal at beaches, county parks, public buildings, and all places tobacco smoking is already banned. For starters, e-cigs emit no smoke, so tying them into a smoking act is illegal. Furthermore, banning, vape, uh, banning vaping protects cigarettes and threatens the lives of vapors, smokers, and secondhand smokers by discouraging smokers from switching to far less hazardous smoke-free vaporizers and by encouraging vapors to switch back to deadly cigarettes. I'm sorry to inform you we have canceled our trip and we'll be spending our hard-earned hard dollars on the beautiful beaches of Mexico. Hasta la vista and aloha to you. That was the email that I just sent him. And I encourage everybody, everybody that is listening to this broadcast, live or on the replay, please do the same. It doesn't make a difference if you had, if you had booked a reservation. Just send him an email because this is the most ridiculous, stupid bullshit that I've ever heard in my life. I mean, if you want, if you want to tax him, get out there and tax him. I know you're trying to protect public health by discouraging people to move away from combustible tobacco. You are a lying, greedy, bastard politician. That's all you are. Yeah. So I encourage everybody to do that across the world. Can you imagine if they start getting emails from the UK and emails from Greece and Canada and saying these people were planning to come on vacation here, but 
How do you ban vaping on a beach? It makes no sense at all. What the hell? It doesn't. Um, it's almost the same thing as banning smoking on the beach. You're out in the open air. There's cars driving by. There's diesel trucks. Oh my god! It's just—it's ridiculous. Not to mention—not to mention all the beer drinking that's going on on the beach and all that. Nobody's worried about that. Nobody's worried about the alcohol. I think um, Hawaii has a lot more to worry about than e-cigarettes, and they should be putting their public funds towards, uh, you know, battling their drug problems that they have going on there and bettering their ed- education system. They they certainly could spend their money more. I hope I, I'm just really really amazed at the lack of education these politicians have. I mean, I would have thought by now that, and then again, I think this is where a lobbyist comes into play. Is you know educating the politicians as well too, letting them know what the product is. Um, and and it seems like like I, I'm I'm definitely not blaming Volcano. I'm just blaming the entire state as a whole. How can they make so many errors? As elected officials, when they're talking about a product, they have absolutely no clue, and nobody ha- nobody holds them accountable for what they're saying. No. I mean, every time that you use "smoke" in the sentence with electronic cigarettes, "smoke an e-cig" or "smoke a vaporizer," that doesn't make it. First of all, grammatically, it doesn't make. You just said vaporizer, and then you put "smoke" behind it. Vaporizes what? Smoke? It makes absolutely no sense. I get frustrated. I'm frustrated, M. That's what I'm trying to say. I believe it. I am too. <laughs> I am too. We can uh, we can do a tweet attack tomorrow if you want to. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'll be great. I'm always down for for a tweet uh, for a tweet war uh, with uh, with a Hawaii with a Hawaii mayor mayor Kenoi. Uh, he's about to get his ass handed to him. All right, let me go ahead and bring in uh, this gentleman here that's going to join us in the discussion. Add people. We're going to add Stefan. Uh, the telephone lines are open, 347-308-8329. If you want to participate with any questions or comments, you have to press 1. I see you uh, on the switchboard. I see if there's a few calls there. If you want to participate, you're going to have to press 1. Stefan, are you there? I am here. Hello. Good evening. Good evening, and welcome to the show. You know M, I'm sure. Uh, of course I know M. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it amazing? We have David Dorn's biggest fans all on the same call. Yes, he he must really be dropping all his clothes right now. <laughs> uh, Stefan, a lot to talk about. First of all, let's get into this association thing, okay? Um, we, we, you brought up U.S. Vaping Association, and I, I know you've done some some research into it. First of all, you know this. It seems like it's like it's picking up steam now, but this has started a while ago. I mean, there's, we've seen some associations in the past that are kind of popping out, you know, making all kind of ridiculous claims, uh, of course, trying to extort money from vendors. But this particular one was pretty, pretty crazy, right? Uh, you mean the U.S. one? The U.S. The US one, Vaping yeah. Association? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah um, I haven't got all the details straight yet, but apparently it's uh, some sort of operation that is run by uh, somebody called Dina Mary... Oma Obida. That's that sounds like a Nigerian scam. If you start looking for uh, the person and other related business activities, it ends up being U- Uganda, yep. which not quite Nigeria, but eh, close, close enough. enough. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I found interesting is um, one of the links that you had sent me, Stefan, is that she's she's supposedly from here in England in a town called Bister. Correct. Yes. Is that near you? Can you go kick her ass, Em? <laughs> she looks like. Uh, I think you can take her. Just have a couple of shots. <laughs> so look at looking at this website here, what is the first thing that caught your eye, Stefan? Well, the first thing was that uh, 
the content and the quality of the images do not match up mm-hmm. because the, the content is uh, really lousy and the images are just too good and uh, the, the pattern of those two things not, not in alignment is weird. So I ran the images and it turns out that the images are basically uh, stock images that have been photoshopped. Mm-hmm. Okay, not, not too strange. I mean, that, that sort of happens. Uh, the second thing that, that caught my eye is that uh, most of the statements are uh, misspelled, uh, really bad grammar, and generally just, just copies of, of statements that, that are floating around all compiled into one thing. So instead of being an organization that is really focused on a specific goal, it's an organization that is focusing on everything. Yeah. And that also is weird because organizations generally have a, have a very specific goal in mind. Mm-hmm. So uh, it wasn't until like a few minutes later that uh, I noticed the, the, the Twitter link. And strangely enough, uh, whoever is operating this account started tweeting us and doing the best PR ever for an organization. The person started trolling us. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was weird. <laughs> they really have, weird. The, the website itself looks like my 12-year-old daughter did, I'll be honest with you. And, so, and the way that the writing is and all that, it's not very, very professional. Uh, the images, yeah, I agree with you. The uh, you know, You're a vaping association, and they have a, a, a meme on there with keep calm and vape on. That makes no sense at all. I mean, that'd be like like uh, Kassab putting up a, a meme of the guy, you know, hey, man, you know, want to buy some juice? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's the same kind of thing. I just don't get it. It's, it doesn't make any sense at all. But the, the, the main thing is that here you can, you can actually give this website money. Yes, 25 bucks a month. <laughs> and the, the really funny thing is that if you actually want to file a complaint, especially in England, you have to actually show that, that uh, you were conned in some way. And the Twitter account uh, that belongs to this website kept, kept telling us that this is an association that is by invitation only, only for the elitists which is also sort of weird. However, if it's for invitation only, they took my $25. Yeah. So, yeah, um, now I've got reason to file a complaint. <laughs> they have misspelled, uh, if you look at the membership, uh, connect with peers and professionals. It's got a T in there in the middle. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really bad. Um, and you know, my biggest fear here, and, and we're going to talk about some other associations too, because another one came across my... My uh, my feed yesterday from this came from Joe Barnett from the Vaping Militia, mm-hmm. uh, the yep. National Vape Association dot org. Uh, talk about a bad website. Some of it hasn't even been finished. It still has the Latin characters from WordPress on this one. If you click some of the links, uh, it's really really bad. But my biggest fear, Stefan, is new vendors that have no clue. Right. Oh, and that, that, that's absolutely the case. I mean, there's vendors out there that don't even know the Casa exists, or Svada exists, or anything anything exists. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. uh, correct. And and this is the, re- the 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 really big problem here because uh, you could ignore all these associations and and just go, oh, it, it's a bunch of scammers just just trying to do their thing. But if you're actually in this thing and and talking to vendors and especially the new ones, these are people without much business experience often not even much experience in the vaping industry and i've run into it at least i I would say a hundred times by now in the past oh six months that once i start talking they're like well we've dealt with this guy from this association or that organization you go like huh never heard of them and then you hear them explain well they're working with the fda or oh they're talking to our city council people and 
these are people who are not even on the radar, not even doing anything. And they provided so much misinformation to mostly small retailers that it takes an extraordinary amount of time to explain that they were lied to and what they heard isn't, isn't right. And the real big problem, at least for me personally, is that once you start describing that and once you start saying, oh, this isn't true, oh, that's a lie, oh, that's not how it works, it ends up sounding like some fucking turf war. Yeah. Like, oh, my organization is better than yours because, well, theirs is wrong. Yeah. And that that's just a really awkward position. That, that happened That happened down here in Georgia where Jim Root was down here uh, doing yep. his tour and, and which is kind of funny to me because I know vendors down here in the South, you know, pretty much everywhere. And, and as soon as he was making his tour down here, of course, people started to call me. Who is this guy? He's coming in. He's saying this. He's saying that. He's talking about, you know, all these big things. When, in all honesty, that, that organization has done nothing for vaping. But that's not the point where I'm trying to make. What I'm trying to say is that it 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 seems it seems like this is, you know, we, we had first like a couple meets a year. That Now we have a meet every other week. And it's just a quick way of making money as well, too, okay? And then, then now we have these associations that are jumping in. Even, you know, a year ago we discussed this. I think I had Cisco on from Avid Vapor, and we are discussing how confusing it might be for a vendor to know where to put their advocacy dollars and where to try to invest into their business. Now, it's a hundred times more confusing. <laughs> now, you really don't oh, know where to put absolutely, it. Absolutely, yes. It, it causes confusion, and especially since, since these organizations are not really above board, they can say whatever they want. They can lie about anything. So it's not just confusion that is easily sorted. It is actual confusion based on well you know what the, the, these organizations are are doing the exact same thing our opponents do they're influencing people with a bunch of lies yeah yeah and that is disproportional to to deal with versus if it's just misunderstandings or or information that's that's not completely clear and uh, I, I i can't really tell how much time it it it, it takes but i would i would not be surprised if over the past six months i have spent days in total hours talking to people about no no no, this is not happening no no no, that's not true no no, no, that's not correct Uh, especially of course here in california i was mostly uh uh, trying to undo the damage that that jim root did we'll get into that in a little bit Uh, (laughs) and what did you want to (laughs) say do they ever tell you the names of their their doctors and their lawyers and their chemists that they have on their board? Uh, no, I actually ended up asking that I think about a dozen times. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're a real organization and you claim you have a board of directors and uh, people who are like directly involved in day-to-day operations, you should be able to tell me who these people are and what their credentials are. And so far, they have completely ignored it and only responded with uh, links to various of the articles that they published. Uh, one actually even included a, a comment that they completely agree with flavor bans because those attract kids. Right. Yeah, that's going to make your organization real popular in this industry. I'd like to see what scientists they have because there's only like five or six scientists in the world that's 46 anyway. <laughs> it would be stretched out pretty thin to be on that on the, on that board, especially at $25 a month. Uh, even the National Vape Association, I know you told me it's kind of moot, but you still can get 550 bucks. You can log on there right now and give them 550 bucks. Where's this money going? Uh, I don't think anybody knows. I, I also don't think anybody's really giving any money to to this National Vape Association. Because I hope not. Other than the website, they're not really on the radar as as being active or or popping up anywhere. Yeah, but listen, I mean, I I I 
I, I see money in these eggs. I open up a shop. Then I hear something on TV that, you know, the government's going to ban them. I get online and I oh, do yeah. a quick search. And then I mm-hmm. see, oh, National Vaping Association, big certificate, gold certified member on there with a big capital in America. You know, it has a picture of the capital and American flag. Stay updated with laws and regulation. <laughs> Boom. I'm there. I'm 550 bucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to pro- and doom to give the money. You know, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I don't know. This is a 202 number, by the way. It's a New York number. Uh, um, I think 202 is New York. So I don't know. Or it could be Washington. I don't know. I might, I might be wrong. But anyway, for, for in, in, in any case, to, to, to find a solution to this, there is really no way to protect vendors from this. There really isn't. Uh, no. Well, we, we, we should maybe be, 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 be spreading a message across all the vendors that says, if you see a website and they're asking for money, and you can find the text lorem ipsum, run, close yeah. your browser, yeah. shut down your computer, yeah. don't do anything. Because most of these sites do have template content because they're, they're unable to actually really create a message. Yeah, and definitely take advantage of um, the, who, the who is uh, domain tools and do your research and find out. I just posted a link on here. This U.S. Vaping Association also owns this takepayments.ca uh-huh. yep. at Canada, which is a payment processing system. Now, if you go into the U.S. Vaping Association's um, membership details, one of the first things that they point out, and it's in a great big red box, so you, you can't miss it, is that they provide you with a free card processing machine at the lowest rates in the United yeah. States. So basically what they're doing is they're they're targeting vaping vaping retailers to try to sell them their bullshit payment processing system, which probably has outrageous rates. It looks like a co-op that takes advantage. Uh, among other things that are in their point-of-sale systems, cash advances for your business, discounted mm-hmm. insurance, wholesale credit, e-coupons, short-term loans. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like the uh, the guy down here in Cleveland that has these, uh, these uh, loni- uh, money shops all over uh, Tennessee. Uh, business financing, equipment financing, customer financing, uh, e-juice and hardware samples on request, white labeling offers become a brand. I mean, some of the, just some of the stuff that they're offering, it seems like they're just trying to push their business interests through a cover-up of an association. Yeah, right. and once they get a certain amount of money and people start finding out that they're a scam, they'll just disappear off the radar. You'll never see them again. Right, and you you forgot a few because uh, if you look at this uh, Dina person who's behind this whole U.S. Uh, uh, Vapor Association thing. Uh, yeah. She also apparently owns eSig420.com. Nice. Smoking, yeah. Smokingbabies.com. Smokingbabies.com? Smoke, what the hell I is you that? Not. Well, here, you know what? Let me, <laughs> let me drop that in chat. Here, there you go. Smoking Babies. Smoking I have babies. no idea. And also something called the British Vaping Association. Mm-hmm. Which I can assure you that myself or Dave Dorn have never heard of. <laughs> unbelievable, uh, unbelievable. The other one, the other one is vapingbank.com. Vaping bank, yes. Yeah. What are they going to What are they going to do? Be Wells fucking Fargo? Yeah. Who knows? Hey, who knows? They might, they might be giving out loans. Uh, <laughs> it, it, just to clarify, the reason why we're doing this and we're talking about this is to share it with your fellow vendors to be aware of their, what's going on out, you know, outside of our circle, and people are trying to take advantage of the. The, the, the vendors and, and the new shops that are coming on, you know, it's not going to fly past our inner circle and our inner circle of Casa and Svara and, and the advocates that are out there that know what's going on. We can smell bullshit from a mile away. But for somebody that might not know, you might walk into a shop and you might see one of these stickers on the shop and give, give them some help. Uh, tell them about it and let them know what they're doing. That way, that vendor does not feel like, hey, I've joined the National Jerk Off Vaping Association, whatever that's called, and I'm okay now. I don't have to do anything. 
Uh, that is the biggest goal that I'm trying to do through through this um, bringing this up, uh, Stefan. Yes, and it's an important thing because even though uh, these organizations are, are not really going to really do anything or, or be a massive problem, they are a problem that takes up our time. And given how many or, or rather how few people we're with and how few of us are actually involved in doing things, every hour we waste on this shit is an hour that we Tell could have spent it. way better. Yeah. And we can't and we can't find protection from outside of the vaping community if we're honest, because nobody else is. You know, public health doesn't care. The government doesn't care. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's talk a little bit about California since we have you on, Stefan. Uh, you had a very successful meeting in uh, South Cali the other day. Yes, that was uh, a little little bit of a surprise because uh, I was getting a little skeptical and really anxious and really worried that what we were trying to do would not work. <laughs> yeah. You can imagine I had a few drinks and uh, uh, really partied it up uh, in my office over a Skype connection. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, I heard that you played some clips from Smoke Free Radio as well, too, where I called out the, the Cali vendors. And if, if anything, I am, I'm happy calling him out worked because you raised over a hundred thousand dollars i mean that was that was a that was a huge that was a huge amount in my opinion considering the past uh history of uh these type of events or gatherings by the california vendors uh, absolutely that that sound that sound bite was amazing and I, I think it was absolutely brilliant because we could show them that it wasn't just us who who thought of the vendors as like you're not gonna do anything why aren't we doing anything it's also people out there, you know, prominent figures who understand the industry. It's not just us. And it, it really resonated and, and galvanized, and uh, I think it really helped. I got some calls that morning from some, some friends, vendors of mine, and it kind of caught me by surprise, I'll be honest with you. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, you played. <laughs> but, you know, I've been bitching about the California vendors for the last two years. This was not the first time. Uh, and if they had done something positive, if they had gotten organized sooner, I uh, wouldn't have to. But apparently, naming and shaming is the only thing that works in this community. Uh, we had to do it for the temperature study. We have to do it with the vendors to get organized. The only way to do it is call them out, and then when you call them out in a public setting, let them fight over who's going to donate more. I mean, that's the only way, apparently, that businesses will wake up and spend money to save their business. Correct. Plus, of course, the, this time around, we, we had the whole uh, California public health uh, campaign, the Curbit campaign, and people knew about it. Plus, of course, we had the bills that were filed, which were really bad. So we managed to, to do this portion of education to explain this is why you need to step up and do something because everybody's looking at the FDA and going like, well, you know, we've got another two years, two and a half years. If something goes down, you know, guess what? If California passes this shit and that public campaign really hits, you won't have a fucking year. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know that. I know that. You know that. But, you know, the fact remains that California could really have set the tone a couple of years ago with the with a booming industry that it had, because now shops are closing in California. Uh, I've had a lot of friends tell me about this. Uh, but at the boom, they could have gotten organized. And they could actually be, be proposing law. This, I mean, they could have raised enough money in California to propose law, not to have to fight this ridiculous multiple bills that are on the table right now. And some of them are really, really bad. I don't, I don't even think that they understand how bad these bills are. Uh, we, we sort of explained it in a nutshell. We're going to do a, a slightly more detailed uh, <clears throat> explanation here in Sacramento uh, tomorrow. Yeah. 
which is basically the the second part of the fundraiser. But I think it's part of human nature that nobody takes any action preventatively. They only take action when it's like borderline too late. And everybody suddenly has to scramble and do something. It happens with with other things in human nature. It's just very frustrating. Am am I wrong to say that this is a vendor fight, Stefan? Because I've gotten a little bit of criticism here in Tennessee by going after the vendors. I mean, Um, personally, when we have legislation on the table that has to affect vendors, I think it's a vendor game. I can't expect a vapor to come up and put $500 to hire a lobbyist. A lobbyist represents the interests of a trade group, Right. So I mean, in all, I'm not saying that vapor shouldn't help. I think that they have their 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 place in helping by contacting the representatives if they want to do fundraisers at their events, like they do here in Tennessee and some of the meets. They do fundraisers for the TSFA and so forth. But I can't go after a vapor and say, "Hey, you know, donate money to this cause." This is a vendor fight. Uh, absolutely, and that is exactly what we set out to do from the start. We did not want to accept any consumer money, simply because one, you do not want consumers uh, perceived as being co-opted by industry, and the other problem, as I see it, is that you do not want to create lazy vendors who think that they can put their consumers in front of their business expenses and say, "Hey, you you pay my business expenses." It's, it's sort of like, if what if McDonald's started a fundraiser tomorrow saying, yeah, you know what, our liability insurance got a little higher this year. Uh, let's just raise some money from our, from our, 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 our McDonald's fans. And, uh, nobody would go for that. Oh. I, don't know, I don't know why people in, in, in vaping would go for that. So we were very, very strict on not having direct consumer involvement yeah. in this. Uh, I got a bit of flack from several consumers who – really totally disagreed with this um, ended up trying to help and while trying to help and told not to actually do anything uh, caused me quite a bit of headache yeah. but it, this is a vendor fight this is what industry should be doing and the cost of lobbying the cost of PR and the cost of legal stuff it should be considered part of day to day regular operations and business expenses because you are in a high-risk industry. This yeah. industry is under fire. Other industries who are in high-risk have, have costs associated with, with being able to run their business. So uh, no different for vaping. No. I think a lot of it, too, stems from the fact that when, when vaping started to become a big thing, um, even you know two, three years ago, we were still a relatively small community. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I've I've been saying it for years that the vapor, the vendors aren't doing enough. Even over here in the UK, I don't think they're doing enough. Well, the, the situation in Europe's sort of interesting. Uh, I'm not sure what the, what the division is between consumers and and uh, businesses in the UK, but I know from from Germany and from the Netherlands that there's this really big Berlin Wall between both sides, and both sides really do not like each other. And that's all um, based on the history of what happened with Ray Story and Tefeka and how he got all the businesses to uh, support him and how that ended up being the current TPD. And, of course, all the businesses got blamed for following him. And it, it created this, this amazing divide that I have not been able to figure out how to fix. Let me, let me or, bring this guy in. Maybe he has something to say about the U.K. Let me go ahead and bring uh, David yes. Dorn to join the discussion in. 
Good evening, Mr. David Dorn. How are you doing, sir? Well, good morning for you. Well, yes, good morning. It is very, very much a morning. Uh, I know you've had a very long day, so thank you so much for joining us here on Smoke Free Radio. It's not a problem. I'm uh, happy to be here. This is like one of the most wonderful trifectas I've had. <laughs> that, that sounds that sounds vaguely dirty, but go on. <laughs> uh, poor M. That's all I gotta say. Uh, but uh, uh, she can handle it. Uh, yeah. B- before we get into the specifics of the questions of what M brought up, you know, if what we're seeing here now, at least for you know, now that the legislation has hit really hard in various states, including, by the way, just got word Illinois just dropped uh, HB 2404, which is going to introduce uh, legislation to add E6 to the Clean Air Act of Illinois. We're making uh, vaping uh, banned in all places where smoking is banned in uh, the state of Illinois, which could threaten vape bash, by the way, as well as uh, the big meat is coming up there. So we're seeing a lot of attack here, David, and I think now we're getting a little bit of a movement of, of, of these vendors waking up. Do you feel the same thing is happening in the U.K.? Well, yes, it has. Um yeah, and, and funnily enough, that's where I've been uh, most of today, across to uh, Totally Wicked um, in the northwest of England, who are taking on the, the might of the EU and the Tobacco Products Directive and seeking to have Article 20 in that, that's the bit that deals with all the e-cigs, thrown out. Um, and the case, as I see it, I've read all the paperwork on it, and I think they stand a bloody good chance of achieving that. Um, I interviewed Fraser Cropper, who's the managing director there, and I'll be playing the interview out tomorrow night, and there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going it alone, and rightly so, and for very good reasons, which, you know, you, you tune in tomorrow, you'll hear. Um, but I do think that there are a lot of vendors that are... I'm not going to say sitting back and taking it easy because is doing it, but they're perhaps not looking at Plan B. And the fact of the matter is, with all of these things, you've got to have the backup plan in place, even if Plan A looks to be one that's going to succeed 100% and and bang on schedule. You've got to have the monies in place, the legal teams in place, to go in with another challenge to it if the first one fails. I don't think the first one will fail, but I'd like to see that, uh, that the vendors in the UK at least are going to back TW up on this and actually vendors throughout Europe. Um, With all of this, the the, the vendor associations, the legitimate ones, that is, all around the world, should be talking to each other all of the time and making sure that they've got a fighting fund available that has at least seven zeros, not preceded by a one, but by a nine, ready to go at the drop of a hat and challenge everything that occurs. So far, a lot of what's happened in terms of advocacy has been done by consumers as individuals or as associations. And what vendors fail to realise, I believe, is that if all of this legislation goes through, they will lose their businesses. Certainly in Europe, if the TPD goes through as it stands, on May the 20th next year, everything currently available will no longer be available. And I think too many vendors don't realise that. And I'm sure it's a very, very similar situation in the States. David, listen, I think that the vapors are more passionate about this industry than the vendors themselves. You know, I truly believe that. I see it all the time. I see it on Facebook, people posting pictures. I just got this from so-and-so's shop. Thanks to that shop. 
I got this. I mean, they're thanking the shops for giving them the Instead of the shops being appreciative to their customers, we see vapors thanking the shops for hooking them up. You know, I mean, I see it all the time. How do we change it? Again, do you think that TW has enough money to go through with this, by the way? Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know how expensive a lawsuit can get. I mean, we saw it here in 2007 with a lawsuit where Smoking Everywhere had to drop out and Enjoy jumped on the train. But if that happens, I mean, I mean, obviously, I'd love to see 15, 20 companies come behind this and help them. It'll, it'll actually make it for, for a better case. But you think that they can sustain the financial burden? Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of criticism has been leveled at Totally Wicked over the years for being, in inverted commas, expensive. Um, I I've never considered that they've been expensive. I, I've always considered that they've been priced sensibly for a business that at some point was going to have to partake in bloody expensive litigation. They've already done it in the States and spent God knows how many thousands of dollars over there, and I'm talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, um, in a case about four years ago. And now they are budgeting hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds. Um and they've got it. They're there okay. and ready to go. Um, Fraser Cropper phrases it much better than I can, and it, it, you've got to kind of take it in context of the whole thing. As I said, that's that's included in this interview that we'll be playing out yeah, tomorrow night. Yeah. But to I want to know, I want to know from every other vendor in the UK and Europe that they are ready with their checkbooks, with a substantial figure already written in, ready to sign it, the moment Totally Wicked says... Right, lads, we need a few Bob more. Yeah. Then Actually, need- and you know, Dave, over, I think that you're going to find that's going to be more likely to happen from the action, from the smaller vendors here in the UK versus the larger ones. Yeah. And I think that's sad. I, I, I would agree with you, Em. I mean, look, the bottom line on it is there, there are a lot of people got into being vape vendors because of their passion for vaping. Yep. And because they wanted to share what they had found with other people and make a living out of it. But those are the ones that are going to get squashed, David. That's the bad thing I, about I, this. I, absolutely. These are the ones, the moms and pop shops are going to get squashed and the big guys are going to reap the benefits of it. That really bothers me. Today, I got a, you know, I'm on Bonnie Herzog's email list and I got an email from her. Uh, talking about the blue uh, loss in profits and and the, and the you know the the blue brand of RJR that's that's losing profits, and within that email she reiterated that the FDA needs to hurry up with the deeming regulations to stabilize the market, uh, and 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 for the, for the industry to 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 thrive was actually her name her what she wrote in the email, so you know by using this 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 FDA regulation and, and or the the tobacco products directive in in the EU basically all they're doing is handing over the business to a few companies and everybody else that's on the bottom that's trying to fight will be eliminated well, that that was the intention from the start with the tobacco products directive i mean let's let's not make any bones about this the whole aim behind that was to homologate um, the whole of the industry into two or three key players and those key players were always slated to either be tobacco companies or pharmaceutical companies. The fact that the pharmaceutical companies don't want to get involved, as they are saying at the moment, has left the field wide open for big tobacco companies to get involved and to clear the market out because they've got the lobbying money to be able to go in and say, look, we need sealed systems. Open systems are not good. And you're seeing that in the States as well. The the whole thing has been designed from the start to cut out 
the small player, the kind of people that invent things, the men in sheds, the people that actually do the research and development and push vaping forward, people like Evolve, people like all of the modders that you've ever heard of that come up with these weird and wonderful things that everybody goes, no, it's never going to work, but does the likes of Genesis atomizers and so on and so forth, people who experimented with various different wicking materials, all men in sheds, and all of their works being picked up by slightly larger companies that were able to develop that on and finally get picked up by the bigger ones. M, M brings a good point up, David. Do you think there should be two associations? Do you think it should separate, or is it too late now? Do you think we have a better effect if all of us go together? Do you think that the smaller vendors should be, should be broken up into association and the larger? Because that used to happen here in the United States with the tobacco companies. Uh, and even now, there's some separation. If you look at the TMA uh, organization, you don't see uh, the big guys uh, as, as much as you did before. You see a lot of the smaller tobacco companies as well, too. So do you think that would benefit to separate the two? No, not really. I, th- I think uh, the whole of the industry needs to pull together as one. The, uh, the watchwords got to be united we stand and divided we fall. Now, that's not to say that consumers and, uh, and vendors need to get together. We need to understand each other, but at some point... Uh, there's going to be a parting of the ways there. But certainly all of the vendors need to be pulling in the same direction. But isn't it – sorry to interrupt. Stefan, isn't it about the same here? I mean, if you look here at all the associations, all the associations are being supported by the small vendors. I mean, I don't see any big – I don't see logic on on the on, on the SPADA membership list. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't see some of these guys that yeah. have all this money out there dishing it out to try to save vaping. <clears throat> unless, unless, once again, as I'm going to – I'm going to save all these replays. Unless, once again, they've already predetermined the outcome and they know exactly what's going to happen. So they don't really care. Correct. We, we were looking at it because uh, lately I've been hearing from uh, small retailers that uh, Svada doesn't care about small retailers. It's all about the big boys. And uh, I went over the list and 153 of 300 plus members are actually in the small category. Mm-hmm. So uh, th- th- there is support from the small uh, vendors and uh, the retailers making uh, or, or doing less than $250,000 of, of sales a year. Um, that. The situation in Europe, by the way, since I do want to add a few words here, um, I've I've been saying for a while to um, folks in, say, Holland, like Ekvoda, that what Europe really needs to do is get a fund together and throw some power at lobbyists in Brussels because it is not just the totally wicked case that is trying to get this this, uh, TPD uh, into into a review process. So it can be amended or changed or completely altered. Uh, Philip Morris, PMI, has also been green-lighted for a very similar case, and they're trying to do the same thing. problem is Philip Morris's new business model for their IQOS line and their new products – the heat not burn category mm-hmm. stuff is aimed at getting legisl- uh, aimed at getting regulations in their favor. So, even if the totally wicked case might fail, there's a second chance that Philip Morris might might push things towards a review. In which case, you need representation in Brussels. You you need an absolute voice in there to ensure that it is not going to be Philip Morris who's going to be telling everybody what the new version of the TPD should be. David. Well, Stefan's absolutely right. Um, The bottom line about it is, as far as I'm concerned, in any state, anywhere, there should be nothing about us decided without us. We are the biggest stakeholders in all of this. We're the pioneers, if you like. We're the guinea pigs and have been for six or seven or eight odd years, many of us. Um, 
And when it comes down to knowledge about e-cigs and vaping, there is no, no one more knowledgeable than an experienced vapor when it comes to it. We know what's going on. And when it comes to advising governments, we're the ones with the voice. The problem that we face as consumers is a lack of funds. But how do you fund that? It's much more sensible for vendors who have the money, God knows we pay them enough of it, um, to come together and arrange that there is a sensible voice from the industry over there that's not being led by the kind of um, business that wants to see really tight regulation that benefits only them. And I, I really don't know how to square that circle without somebody sticks, I don't know, 20 That's, million pounds into a pot right. for us to use. And, and, and we lose on either way, Em. I mean, it, it depends where that money is going to come from for me to find that kind of money. I wish I hit the lottery tonight. It's $500 million. I'll, I'll, I'll chip in a few bucks. But uh, but aside from that, I mean, even if you do find funding, let's say you do go, it's always going to be tied to, to special interests. And exactly the same thing that they're doing, the, the opposition is doing, we really can't use it in our favor because there is going to always going to be that, that stigma, that tie. Of, of where the money came from. Well, aside from people putting their hands in their pockets as consumers to fund a lobbying group or a group of advocates or whichever way you want to phrase it, I don't know of any other way of doing yeah. it. And there's a level of inertia there. Yeah, yeah. You know how how do you how, how do you say to 2.1 million consumers in the UK? Look, if everybody gave us a fiver we'd have 10 million plus and we can do something with that, they're yeah. going to say, well, yeah, what are we going to get for it? And it annoys me because if you say to the same 2.1 million people, stick a fiver in a raffle and you can have every mod that is sold by X company, Y company, Z company and a few others mm -hmm. as a prize, mm -hmm. they'll put their hands straight in their pockets. Mm -hmm. I don't get that. One of the other things that I wanted to touch back on, going back to Aceta when it was brought up in chat about having like a two-level um, entry point in Aceta, I know from when I was helping with Planet of the Vapes, talking to a lot of vendors that were new and startup and mentioning Aceta to them, their biggest concern was Aceta's monthly membership fee is completely out of their out of their financial limits, out of their reach. They just can't. There's just no way they can afford it. And if we and here in the UK, we only have a CETA. I don't, as far as I'm aware, there are no other trade associations or any other organization that actively represents vapors in the UK. And so, my I think my concern is is how can a CETA start to cater to these smaller vendors that need this protection, need um, people that you know, like lobbyists and stuff like and, and lawyers and things like that, and all the information that a CETA has available to them. How can these smaller vendors get involved with Aceta if they can't afford the membership fees? David? The membership fees have got to be lowered. Yeah. It has I to mean, be tiered. Do you ever do it? Because I've I been would, waiting for three years for them to do it, and they haven't done it yet. Well, well I, I, would hope, I would hope that they can, uh, they can get the two-tier things sorted out. Um, I know it's on the cards. How far advanced it is, I really don't know. Um, maybe a... Call it a levy on sales, but yeah, I'm not sure. Where I, I again, I don't know how you do that. Um, I, I tried to do tiered. Uh, I tried to do tiered uh, uh, membership to the TSFA, 
And uh, 75% of the vendors told me to fuck off. <laughs> they don't want to tell me how much money they make. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it's, the, the truth is that, that we, have, we have that to, to go along with it because this, this industry is still a baby industry when it comes to these shops popping up all over the world, uh, David. Not only in the U.S., but in the U.K. and across Europe, too. I mean, even Greece. Greece, the shop's popping up all over now again. Uh, the big, yeah. big hype is starting up again. So you can't take in consideration that those shops that came into this for the financial aspect of it and just saw a money trail there and they said, oh, we're going to attack this. Most of them come from marketing backgrounds and so forth. They're selling stuff that they buy from China, not necessarily e-cigs. It's, they just saw that the money is there. But how do we get them involved when, the, you know, as, as M said, okay, one, you have the financial thing that's going to stop them from the ones that want to get involved. They can't afford it because the, the membership is too high. And then the other ones that might be able to afford it, they just don't give a shit. Yeah. It, it's, it's, as I said, it's, it's a very different, different, difficult circle to square. It's how do you persuade vendors that it's worthwhile sticking their hands in their pockets to support something? It's very, very hard. Ask Stefan down there in California. What well, do you? There, what do you there, there, there's also a difference with the, the 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 type of industry between the EU and and over here. Uh, as far as I've been able to detect, the, 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 there is a much smaller level of manufacturing going on in Europe. It, it is more based on buying and selling products. Yes. So they have much more interest in buying a box and selling a box instead of. The manufacturing, the manufacturing of e-liquid, uh, development of new products. I mean, France is, is certainly uh, uh, showing some of that, but it is nothing compared to what we have here. So, the incentive for for smaller businesses who are in the basically in, in just the buying and selling business is is a much much harder value proposition to to provide to them. I have. I I, I want to bring this up. And and I've discussed this idea a little bit of trying to reach out at least to the group that is that is interested in doing it. I mean, trying to reach out, to, but it's so difficult, David. I mean, I can imagine. I mean, you can imagine if it's difficult in the UK to reach so many vendors. Imagine what it is in the US, right? So mm-hmm. how do you, uh, you know, how do you filter? How do you? Because even in California, where Stefan is, you can't expect. You know, a company that has a distribution company is moving millions of dollars worth of product to pay the same amount as, you know, the small uh, moms and pop shops that open up down the down the corner, Stefan. You know, I mean, you can't expect them both to chip in the same amount. And if they don't Correct. chip in the same amount and the other company chips in more or way more, do they have a do they have a bigger voice at the table or is their voice even with a smaller guy? Uh, you know, I mean, you have a lot of that going on as well, David. You know, I mean, it's 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 tricky. Look, the, the bottom line on it is you can't expect a business to pay out more than it can afford. Yeah. But every voice is valuable and every voice needs to be heard. If you've got good people representing you, then your voice is heard because those people listen to what you've got to say and they understand if your business is, you know, a $1,000 a month business or if it's a $100,000 a month business, yeah. they know the difficulties and, and the risks that you're taking. And if, if you've got a $1,000 a month business and you stick $500 in the pot, that's a big amount of money coming through. And they need to know that. You know, the, 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 the people that are doing the representation need to understand how much of a, it's not a risk, but it's how much willingness, how much participation is yeah. being put in, in, in strictly in dollar terms. And the guys that are turning over $100,000 a month, they've got to match that, really. They've got to put five hundred thousand yeah. dollars in. I see. That's what you've got to see. Yeah, I see Cisco uh, posted in the in the chat, and we discussed this about it. There's not not one national organization that's going to make 
uh, manage one lobbyist per state. And I totally agree with that. I think that a state-by-state association is needed, but to be tied in with what we know to be uh, valid organizations like SFADA and CASA, just like I've done with the Tennessee Smoke Free Association, we pay dues to the national organizations to guide us as we do locally. Here with a lobbyist that we've hired in Tennessee, we got a meeting this Sunday. I don't know what to say to a lobbyist. I had to consult with SFADA. I had to con- consult with Cynthia. I had to consult with uh, Brian and Pamela from Enjoy to ask the questions to my lobbyist exactly what we want in this bill because I'm not an attorney, but the only way that you can do it is on a state-by-state association. The other day I saw an Indiegogo campaign, Stefan, an mm-hmm. Indiegogo campaign to raise money for a lobbyist in New York. Are you kidding me? I sold that. What and, kind of uh, ridiculous BS is that? You're doing an Indiegogo campaign to raise money for a lo- Who's going to take you serious for one? You know, uh, I mean, I, I was doing the whole head desk, head desk, head desk thing when uh, I sold that because that, that's not the way it should be done. Plus, um, the enemies get to see how well or how bad you are at raising funds. Now, being able to say we raised X amount of money in, well, whatever amount of time is one thing, but actually seeing the day-to-day lack of funding, yeah, that sends a message that that shows a weak spot that they can exploit. So uh, crowdfunding for, for things like this is just not something I would ever recommend. Yeah. No, no, it's definitely definitely not the right move to do in such a big state. And state that has some really big vendors in it as well too. I just don't think that's the right that's the right uh, avenue to take. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, how can a state like that not have a representation by a lobbyist already? To me, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, I can see it for a smaller state, but for a big state like that, I mean, just like California, it's the same thing. We're going back and forth, back and forth to the same to the same uh, discussion. Uh, by the way, David, you know, let's get a little bit more into the federal thing. And, and one of the things that's the difference, between, I think both the U.S. and the EU were pretty much walking on the same track. But I think in the U- EU, you have a little bit more of a defined picture of what the future will hold. Where here in the United States, we just don't know. I mean, the FDA is still asking for, it could be a dog and pony show. They're still asking to do these hearings, bring in the scientists and ask questions to learn more about, the, you know, I don't know if that's the case, if that's what they're trying to do, but we really have no clue what the final deeming regulation is going to look like. But at the EU, at least you have a more clearer picture of what you're going to be facing, right? Yeah, everything's gone, basically. Yeah. That's that's the bottom line. Uh, they've come up with a, a set of... Um, Rules and regulations that you just you can't abide by. I mean, it, it's actually medicinal regulation by the back door, yeah. and in some cases, it's tighter than medicinal regulation. Um, it's it, it, it's completely ridiculous. The, the the bit that worries me is that I know uh, the EU and the FDA talk to each other, and I know the FDA is very very interested in what the EU's mm. managed to get through. Um, we've been told that by people in Brussels. Um, but again, as I say, there are, and, and I know this to be true because I've spoken to vendors and, and people on the VTTV team have spoken to vendors and they've said, no, that's fine, nothing will change. They haven't got a clue. Everything will be gone. Yeah. That simple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you believe, this is a, this is a good, good discussion to bring up, and we've talked about this before, David. Do you believe... You know, I, I read Rolly Gates' post on vaping.com about science and, and PR. And, and based on what I read, I think Rolly Gates was trying to insinuate that it's what we need to spend money right now is, is spend money on PR. 
I'm one yeah. of these guys that, you know, I, th- I truly believe that that we also need the science to back up our claims. So I want to get your thoughts on it. I mean, what do you think right now is needed mostly on an international level? I'm not going to put this on a local level, okay? I'm going to put international because we're working with you. You're working with us because we're all vapors and we want to collaborate. What do you think we need most now in, in, in a global-type format that's going to help vaping? We need to be able to not just rebut the bullshit that comes out of Glantz's factory um, and the World Health Organization factory, but we also need to be able to get the positive stuff out there professionally. Um, and it is about PR. It's, it's how you go about reversing the propaganda that's been ongoing for too many years in the short life of the vaping industry and the, and the vaping movement. We've got to be able to get advertising done on TV, little infomercials, if you like, that mm-hmm. actually inform people, the kind of uh, the corollary to the, um, the anti-smoking messages that we see. We need pro-vaping messages going out there that are properly constructed, professionally done, and hit hard, hit as hard as the anti-smoking message does. Um, we need to be able to have somebody that can reply to anything that's printed in newspapers or that's going to be on news stories so that they're informed of what's coming up and they can actually get somebody that knows what to say in place to say it again, done professionally, not bumbling about the place. Um, Somebody that can go and guide a vendor when the news media decide they want to descend on a vape shop and the poor vendor hasn't got a clue, has no media training or anything like that, that we need PR people that can go down and say, right, this is what you need to say, this is how you need to say it. And ju- just so that we we actually fight the PR campaign or the propaganda campaign that's being waged against us currently with a PR campaign that can offset all of the lies, bullshit and mistruths that come out of the Glance World Health Organization factory of fabricated fuckwittery. That's great. I'm going to patent that right now. Hold on a second. I'll go go, go online and patent that that website. But I agree with you, David. I think, you know, I think that we need to have science and we're also, I I think it has to be separated by what everybody can do. I think we should have teams that are working on getting funding for science and then we we should should have teams. And I'm talking about a global picture here. I'm not talking about a state or a a country specific. It has to be some kind of an international uh, movement where everybody can, you know, contribute to do the the studies and then turn the studies over to the PR that can be able to take it out to the public and do the stuff that you're talking about. We have to have the proof to bring out to the PR and to back up the claims that we're making. I think both of them are needed at this point. No, it's absolutely true. You've got to have the you've got to have the facts to back the PR. We cannot go into a campaign like that um, just filled with supposition and I thinks. It's all got to be backed up by fact by well uh, conducted, well organized, and, and and you know, sound, solid science. But we already know the science is on our side. That much we do know. Mm-hmm. We've just got to get it out there in a format that everybody can easily digest and understand. You know, we, we kind of do it to some degree. What you do, what I do, to a large degree, we're preaching to the choir. We need to be able to get out there and get the congregation much larger. People who have been misinformed and disinformed and propagandized over the last three, four, five years, we need to be able to 
decondition them, if you like, bring them back to the real world and let them see the truth in a way that they can see it's the truth and understand the benefits that e-cigs bring. Sorry, I'm evangelizing here. No, no, I, I, I totally agree, and, and there's no doubt about it. Um, I, finding the right person to do it is, is crucial. You know, as much as I love Dr. F and, and I work very closely with him, you know, getting him out there in front of a microphone, uh, he just goes off and, and people can't follow him. That's just the truth. I mean, there's, there's a language gap there and, the, you know, and he's so passionate about it and he goes off on these chats. And I've told this many, many times, but he, that's just the way he is. If we had somebody that could represent the studies that Dr. F does in, in a way where everybody can understand him and be able to get airtime in the positions that we, we critically need him right now, uh, I think we would, we would, you know, advance way faster than what we're advancing now. Cisco brought up a good point that for every one good piece of science that we put out there, there's 10 bad ones that are coming out. But I think even the ones that are putting out the bad science, I think we can work on them and, and at least try to, to give them the right information because I truly believe that there is not, except Glantz and some, you know, some of his peons, I think there's scientists out there, like the ones that did the, the formaldehyde study, that are seeing the mistakes that they did, and they're coming back. Yes, did it hurt us publicly? Yes. Did the PR was bad? Absolutely. Uh, will that be able to be repaired? Most likely not. But I think that we can work with them and at least try to advance science to the point where we have enough evidence to give to the PR person, whoever it's going to be, on an international basis and be able to promote tobacco harm reduction. We are lacking on both of those sectors. And to bring you on another point, you know, we're talking about this, this, this funding that's coming from China now. We have this funding that came into China. I took it to a couple places around here, and I was and my thinking was, because I know what's going to be said. They're going to be said that the Chinese are funding a study, you know, to show that vaping is good. Well, that study is flawed. So how do you combat that? I mean, how do you? Uh, we're asking, what is China doing? Now, finally, I was able to go there and get some money for a study, and now people are saying, well, that's the Chinese are funding a study, you know, on on vaping, and of course, it's going to be it's going to be flawed, or it's going to be you know skewed towards their their way. So it's it's a lose lose proposition. Well, it's only lose lose if you allow it to be. Yeah. When I'm talking about PR, it's not a PR person; it's a PR organization, and there are international PR organizations who can place someone on a high-profile TV show at the drop of a hat. They have the clout to do that. These are not cheap organisations, and I'm not talking about something you can do with a couple of hundred thousand dollars. I'm talking about $20 million minimum for the first six months. Wow. And that allows you to get whoever you need onto whichever show you need when you need them there because these companies have got the clout to do that. It's not cheap, and it would never be cheap, but that's the kind of money that the World Health Organization and Glantz have at their behest, and they have access to the PR people that can pull their representatives onto a show to spout all the guff and bullshit that they usually do. Uh, We've got to be able to do exactly what they do and sure. get people that sing from the right hymn sheet onto this, the same programmes to prove that what is coming out of the who and the glance factory is fuckwittery. Uh, Father Jack uh, had, a, had a comment in the chat that I want to bring up. And Father Jack is somebody that works with, uh, with addiction uh, and patients, and he's a big proponent of, of e-cigs in those institutions because we're bringing in people that, that have an addiction to alcohol or heroin, and they're also asking them to quit smoking because they don't allow smoking in the institutions, which is a great thing. Uh, but he brought up a point. He says, we desperately need... Uh, a major study of smoking cessation effectiveness with head-to-head -head comparison with patches and gums, etc. Do you agree, David? No, it's the last thing we need. 
That's very much the last thing we need. The last thing we need is to put e-cigs on a par with medicinal nicotine. It's not medicinal, it's lifestyle. And the moment we move too close towards medicinal use of e-cigs, you can wave bye-bye to the lot. Yeah. So when we're talking about studies, okay, we're talking about studies, what is needed right now? What do you think is the number one thing that we need? We have some money. Let's say we, 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 we're able to, to lock down a couple hundred thousand dollars to do some studies, uh, and that's where the money is going to be spent now. That's the only thing that we can spend it on. What do you think we need the most? We need to be able to demonstrate the safety of these things. Um, we need to be able to demonstrate the safety of these things as they are used in all of their different forms. And that means including cloud chasing. We've got to be able to show how a coil works. We've got to be able to show that, you know, um, it doesn't matter what you put it on. If you use it in a given way, this thing is safe enough. Mm -hmm. And that's the important part. Mm -hmm. And all of the studies have got to refer to smoked lit tobacco because that's the only comparator. All of these studies that refer to fresh mountain air are bullshit. Nobody breathes that, but the odd mountain goat, and even they get farted at. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Stefan, go ahead. No, I was just laughing about the mountain goat. (laughs) Em, I mean, what do you think, study-wise? I mean, you know, there's so much stuff out there that we could do right now. Uh, Much is needed, for sure. Uh, But, you know, also... From a vapor standpoint, you—you, you, I mean, you vape. You—you—you've—you've you've switched to this product. It saved your life. You got away from smoking. What are the concerns that you have? What would you like to see? Um, I'd have to agree with Dave. The other, well, I think the other thing too, um, is everybody keeps preaching on about the long-term studies and the long-term effects that these have on people. I want to know how come that all this, you know, these researchers aren't getting in touch with us and why they aren't. I mean, most vapors are going to be willing, like you said, we're guinea pigs, we're test subjects. Mm-hmm. Many vapors are going to be more than happy to raise their hand and say, hey, I'll come be a part of your clinical, your study or whatever, if you want to find out what the long-term effects are. Many of us have been vaping more than two, three years, at least. I'm, they don't want to know. Those that would oppose do not want to know what the long-term effects are. Yeah. Because if they do find out that the long-term effects are almost completely benign, they have not got a leg left to stand on. Yeah. Yeah. So you're never going to get those that are coming at e-cigs from an opposing point of view to accede to using you as a guinea pig for a long-term study. And anyway, I've been around for six years vaping exclusively, coming up in May. All right, so it's a little bit short of it. Um, in pharmaceutical cir- uh, circles, a long-term study is five years. I'm way past that. And I know plenty of people that have been vaping the same length of time as me. That would be a long-term study in pharmaceutical terms. When you hear the ants going on and saying, no, we need 20 to 30 years, it's bullshit. No, it would be a a polluted, um, I don't know the terms for it. You do, Dave. What's that? The um, Because all of us are ex-smokers. Oh, right, yeah. No, I mean, they, they, they can't ethically... They cannot do any study on non-smokers taking up e-cigs. Ethically, they wouldn't be allowed to do it. So any results that they're going to get, um, they're not going to get reasonable results for probably another 40 years. And that would be with people who took up vaping 
without taking up smoking, and they will happen as time goes by, of course they will, and they would have to recruit from that cohort. The problem again is they're very unlikely to get anything like a decent cohort of never smokers, only vapors. They may be able to pick up people that have smoked for five or six years prior to the age of 30, and that's the cut-off point because studies have shown you can smoke as much as you like before you're 30. If you chuck it, then you're going to be okay. Yeah. That's that's kind of out there. So they're going to have to recruit people who switched from smoking to vaping prior to their being 30, and then those opponents of ours will want another 30 years of them vaping. I mean, they're asking for the impossible. It can't be done. They've got to extrapolate from the information they've got from people like us who switched six years ago and five years ago and four years ago and, and actually use some common bloody sense and work it out because they'll do it the other way at the drop of a hat. Well, the pharmaceutical uh, um, talk that I see in the chat is not valid because we're not regulated as a pharmaceutical product. We're exactly right. We're regulated as a tobacco product, whether we like it or not. Another thing that I want to bring up, David, while we're talking about studies and, 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 and we're on the subject, you know, we also have to take into consideration here uh, within the industry as well those that are against open vapor. Uh, and they might have been position they might have been positioning themselves within the community and within some of the groups as well too, not only to gain information on what open vapor does, but also to combat and and maybe manipulate from the inside the movement of open vapor because I know, you know, and everybody that's in this chat or listening to this program on the replay knows that without open vapor, vaping is going to go away. Well, yeah, because there's not really going to be a satisfactory alternative right. unless and until uh, a company that's very deep-pocketed empties the pockets and does the research to get um, batteries that are capable of handling, I don't know, 30-amp loads going into small coils that can be uh, automagically filled when you bung it into a packet the size of a fag packet, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, it's possible to do. I, I, but, I even the then don't think it's going to work. Exist. I, I don't even think then it's going to work because I don't believe that this product works if there's one device for everybody. I think the reason why this product works is because we have that many choices. We yeah, know I, that I the natural you totally. the, the natural step that goes up from a vapor, especially those that take it passionately like us, is you know where we start and then where we evolve. But I think the fact that we have that option and that, that, that availability and the accessibility of these devices and the, and the various e-liquids is what makes this product work. So we also have have to consideration. Forget the big tobacco, forget the ants, forget the pharmaceutical companies, forget the governments, forget the taxation. We also have to take into consideration that portion of the community that has penetrated our community that wants closed vapor to be the only choice because that fits their business model, and mm-hmm. they don't want open vapor. And me, personally, my goal, my, my for, 2000, for, for 2015, my goal is to help open vapor. I've said it, and I'm going to say it again. That's all, that's all I care about right now because I see from the various conferences that I've been, through the various discussions that I've had these past couple of weeks, that we have a lot of thorns that have penetrated this community that are looking to ban open vapor. And if that happens, everything that we're doing is is going hayside. Everything is is moot at that point. You're absolutely right. Look, I mean, the, the, the big attraction of vaping for many people is that you can customize it to suit your own preferences. And I can, I can pull Keith in from next door, my wife, each of the three of us vapes differently. Apparently, I'm a cloud chaser. Who knew? I didn't. But <laughs> I, I lung hit it, and I like to see a reasonable cloud, and I like to watch the patterns as it swirls. I don't chase flavor. 
You are um, now an honorary Californian. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, except, as I say, I, I, I do not chase flavour. My wife doesn't chase flavour, but she doesn't chase vapour either. Keith, on the other hand, is a bit of a flavour hound and likes real simplicity in his devices. Three very different people with three very different first choices of device. There is no way on the face of this planet that if somebody came in and said, right, the only thing you can vape now is this, it would only suit one of us, it wouldn't suit all three. You widen that out and you're in a situation where you are so right, it is the death of vaping as we know it. And not not for us, but for the people who have not yet savoured the delights of a well-modulated and moderated ACIG. Just like, the, not, just like the one I'm vaping on right now. I'm having such a great vape day today. I mean, but my, my caffeine is just hitting absolutely fantastic. I'm enjoying the flavor at my massive 13 watts. And if I don't have that choice, I'm not going to be so happy as I am today. Like, I'm having such a great vape day today. I'm such a good mood. All because I have set it up exactly how I like it. And if I don't have that choice, I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to be satisfied. You know, uh, the, the E-Research Foundation was, was founded here in the United States, which had the goal of doing studies. And when I was able to secure, because everybody said, what is China doing? What is China doing? Well, I got the money secured from China to do a study. And I went to them with a study. And I said, this is a chance to get the, e- the ERF name out there. And, and let's do a study to, to help open vapor. Because the only thing I'm concerned about is open vapor. This is what I, my goal, again, for 2015 is save open vapor, Stefan. Did I mention that? So I take this study. And then all these questions start to arise. Oh, this is going to seem flawed. And we're going after the likes And we're going after this. We're going after that. And Dr. even Dr. F said... What we're trying to show here is that the open vapor systems are just, if not more safe than the closed vapor product. Not only that, but they can they deliver nicotine consistently and effectively to the user. And every smoker out there should know that. That's what a study like that is going to provide. And I was very yes. disheartened to see that this entire you know thing, I was like, oh, I don't want any more here. I don't want to even hear it. I did so much work. To, to be able to do this, and now we're getting to the point where we're going to be questioning, you know, these studies that we're proposing to do that are going to help the open vapor and the e-liquid manufacturers and all the vendor shops here in the United States. Makes no sense to me unless somebody's trying to protect the cartomizer in the pre-filled market. And I don't want nothing to do with an organization that might have that potential thorn in it. It disgusts me, David. It really does. Well, you're right to be disgusted as well. I mean, there's, there's no two ways about it. You are right to be disgusted. The fact of the matter is, I mean, there are closed systems out there that might well suit a lot of people or not a lot of people or a hell of a lot of people. There might be that. And I, I support them. I, say, I would support Sigalikes if they suit people. I see somebody managed to quit on blue. Good on you. I couldn't. Um, and, and all of that kind of stuff. Whatever suits... I'm not what against I'm not suits. against cartomizers, Dave. I think they belong on the market. I just don't want it to be the only fucking option. No, that's what I'm that, saying. That's that's the biggest it, that's my biggest problem with that. I'm 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 sitting in here in, in, in my little office at the moment with uh, a Tesla hundred and twenty watt wooden box mod with stacked batteries inside it and an Arctic um Point two tank on. system <laughs> on the top. I'm running at what am I running at? I'm running at a, a gentle thirty watts at the minute because I can't quite take the 50 watts that I was enjoying earlier on because it's getting very, very late here. Um, and that's cool. You know, I know what I'm doing, and I know that I'm what I'm doing is safe enough 
for me. I know exactly what risks I'm taking, and they're very, very low and very, very few. I can almost guarantee I could hand this across to you on the table now, and you wouldn't like it all that much. Certainly not with the 18 milligram nick I've got in it, um, because this thing's banging it out. (laughs) Uh, What I'm seeing is whatever suits the person that's using whatever they're using is fine by me. There should be no limitation placed on this market. There is something there for everybody if they choose to use it. It might take longer to find what suits you than what suits somebody else, but there is something there for everybody, and no limitations need to be put on the choice of device or the choice of juice you put in it. Absolutely. That's the bottom line. And, and, and let me take it a step further to say that, you know, Stefan out there in California, you know, there's tons of e-liquid manufacturers in California, people that make juice, all right? So all they're fighting for their state, you know, they're, they're fighting for their state regulations now and try to combat these bills. Most of these guys are juice makers. That's fine. They're going to put money into this fight now on a state, state legislation on a state level. And then a year later, what happens? Open Vapor's banned. All these guys that fought the state legislation, they're out of business automatically. And in the Chinese as well, too, let's face it. How many companies in China can make stick batteries or a closed vapor product and sustain when they have in the United States 15,000 uh, you know, vape shops to, to, that they sell to uh, and who knows how many thousands of websites? In the EU as well, too, how much product do they move inside there? Both of those, whether we like it or not, they go hand in hand. Juice goes with the Chinese manufacturing and vice versa. If either one of these are gone... Vaping is done, in my opinion. We can't help the future generation of smokers. We can't help them discover this this wonderful product. And to me, that's that's really upsetting. It's, it's I don't know, it pisses me off. Stefan, does it piss you off? It pisses me off every day. <laughs> However, uh, I don't, you know what? I, I don't think RGR is going to be successful with, with the, the whole uh, ban on open refill things. Plus, the guy in charge at RGR who's, mostly responsible for this bullshit policy doctrine. I believe if, if he's no longer there, all the yes-men will just follow whatever the new thing is. And if RJR could be pressured to understand that this is not in their financial interest, I'm pretty sure they would no, drop that doctrine. I disagree. I disagree. RJR cannot keep up with the pace of innovation that this industry is going. It's impossible. They're a multi-billion-dollar company that's not going to sit there and and, and look at China with the newest devices coming out and put it on the shelves of of, of sixty thousand C stores. It won't happen. Uh, no, they would have to adapt. And they can't. Case, they would, they, they would probably they, have they, to buy someone else. Well, they can't. They can't adapt in their environment. The, they the only environment that can adapt is in the vape shop. In the vape shop, they're not going to go into a vape shop to sell their products. It's uh, impossible. I would hope not. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they, they, I mean, well, I mean. Nothing would surprise me anymore, to be honest with you. But <laughs> but what I'm saying is that the, the model does not fit the big tobacco companies. Not only doesn't it fit the big tobacco companies, but it also doesn't fit some of the other big companies that are like Logic and Mystic and, and or E-Lights UK, your buddy over there, David, which I can't stand that guy. I'm, so, I'm sorry he was your friend. I can't stand him. I can't stand that douchebag. He's a douchebag. And, and, and this is the, those are the companies that I'm mostly worried about because those are the ones that I'm seeing that have the – the least amount to say when all these bad stories are coming out, I don't see him fighting. I don't see him saying nothing uh, about vaping. They have the money. They have the, the resources to get out there and help the industry, and they're not doing anything. And to me, that means either A, they know what the predetermined outcome is going to be, or B, that, hey, you know, one day you guys are going to be around. We don't give a shit. We're just going to stick with, stick with our plan. Right. Look, do, do, I've got to step in here. Uh 
and 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 defend elites. They have poured <laughs> thousands and thousands into the fight in the UK. They've been very very instrumental and organised an awful lot of stuff over here. Uh, that was, however, before they were bought out. Right. Why are they introducing in Portugal the new Mark Ten by Altria? They've been bought out. Yeah. They're, they're, they're no longer an independent EC company. Exactly. They're now part of exactly. a tobacco company. Right. It's, wasn't it Japan Imperial? Japan Tobacco International. JTI. Yeah, Japan Tobacco yeah. International. I met yeah. the VP. I met the VP in uh, in Washington, and he was vaping on a Kanger uh, Mini Aero tank and Eagle battery. Sitting mm-hmm. next to the guy from the E-Lights, and the guy from E-Lights still vaping on that little rinky-dinky looky likey. Yeah, and I said, "Well, that's pretty odd." I said, "Why this guy? Why don't you join him up? I got some really good juice. I can hook you up." And he's, you know, smirked at me and he said, "Oh, this is a good product here." I'm like, fuck you! I don't give a shit. It's a, it's a good product. <laughs> my ass. <laughs> Look, he likes he likes it. He got bought out. He doesn't have to put the show anymore. Is what I'm trying to say, David. No, Come on, give it up I'm now. <laughs> Let me give you a mod. <laughs> that's that's exactly what I'm saying. He's using it because he likes it. Yeah. I mean, I've I've heard that. I've heard it over here. I've heard. Um, People lambasting folks using cigarettes and looky lakeys over here, saying you should be you should be using this, you should be using that, you should be using the other, and not if they're enjoying what they're using. Sure, if he's still smoking, I can see him using a uh, looky lakey, David. That's uh, all I'm I saying. I must say that that my our, our gardener here, he he started on those uh, uh, V2 uh, cigarettes. Me too. Uh, about two years ago, and he's still on them. And every time I run into him, I'm like, hey, look at this here, try that. And, nope. So there are definitely people like that. Yeah. I'm not saying that there's not a market for it, Stefan. I really am not saying. I just don't want it to be the only choice. That's what I'm trying to bring up here. I'm trying to bring up that there's another enemy behind us as well, too, and those are the companies. Look at Miguel Martin from Logic. Mm -hmm. And how many public statements has he said about against open vapor and flavors? And, And they're one of the biggest distributors in the United States of a vapor product. That, to me, is frightening. Well, they're, they're all grandstanding to, to get regulations <laughs> yeah. in their favor. but They all want to get yeah. bought out. I mean, I understand that. I get yeah, that. It's, it's business. I, I, I get that. But we really need to be careful within the community as well and within these, these groups that we have and, and the ones that we might have in the future. If we do an international type uh, of collaboration, David, we really got to be careful on who we invite and who we have on there because within us we might have thorns that are out there to either gather information of what we're doing or to boycott us. But look, that's going to happen, and we we've, we can't afford it though. Yeah, well, we've <laughs> we've got to we've got to work with it. You've got yeah. to go with the cards that you dealt. And as I've I've said so many times before, if the science is where it needs to be and supports the stance that we take, that any e-cig is still ninety five percent less risky than smoking lit tobacco no matter what the style, no matter what the format, no matter how it's used, then it doesn't matter what they say. If governments, if legislatures worldwide can be convinced by a good PR campaign that the science as we see it is right, we win. It I is. Think it's, Go ahead, I think em. it's a narrative issue. It, it, you want the science to show the safety, but the message and the purpose for which you use it is to take away the fear. Yes. Yes. Well, how do we go about that? 
20 million dollars that's the answer uh, david 20, 20 million dollars right, that's, that's what's needed that's a okay, that's so, a, that's that's a lot of money and i'm gonna tell you why it's a lot of money because even when when Stefan was talking the other day in California and, and people were saying, oh, you got the big vendors and, and the little vendors are shunned out. If you think that the, the California vendors are big, uh, you haven't seen the big tobacco companies because they're big. <laughs> There's nobody in this industry that is that big. And I'm talking about the our side of the industry. Okay, I'm not talking about Logic and, and Enjoy. I'm talking about our side of the industry. Nobody's big. Compared to what we're up against, nobody is big. So to raise $20 million, okay, let's say that's, that's a good – internationally, globally – might be a feasible goal. I still think it's a far-fetched from reality. But to, to raise that kind of money, David, with the means that we have, I think it's virtually impossible. I don't. I don't. I think that's being defeatist. Look, when you consider the size of, of outfits like Joytech, of Kanga, uh, A-Leaf, all, all of these, you know, the big names that you know about coming out of China... How many people are they supplying on a monthly basis? What is their turnover? What's their retained profit? What are they going to do if the world decides to ban ASICs? They're out of business. This is an insurance payment. This is exactly what this is. It's an insurance payment. It's an insurance for their business. If they don't pay it and there is no campaigning done by vendors in various different states or by consumers all over the world, if we don't campaign and thereby lose by default, they lose their businesses. It's as easy as that. If they're not prepared to put their hands in their pockets, my sympathy, I'm afraid, is going to disappear like a wisp of vapour from a 23-year-old 901. (laughs) I have seen it though that it's 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 it, it appears to be a losing cause. It I have not seen that that even now in the state of urgency that we are now, and I feel that this year, especially for the U.S., with the various bills that I've seen around the state that are frightening, frightening what they're trying to do. I see a lack of involvement. I mean, um, Vicky's in the chat up there in Illinois. She's been busting her ass for the last two years trying to get an association started up there in Illinois. She's been hitting brick walls all over the place. Uh, California, the same thing. Look how long it took them to get something activated down there. How we how do we do it, David? We don't have. I don't think you know. We don't have. I think what we should do is we should fund a PR movement first to be able to reach the vendors. To be able to get money, <laughs> I think that's the first thing. Instead of going directly to the vendors for the money, we should fund something that's actually going to be actively looking for money. Yeah. I think the, the, the real key here is that part of the apathy and part of, oh, I'm not doing anything, is based on people not believing we can pull it off because look at the big tobacco money and look at what we managed to raise. Well, guess what? We're not corporate. We don't have that overhead. We can have more bang for our buck. If we can show them that it has effect on a relatively smaller scale budget, you might inspire and motivate many more vendors to actually jump in because all of a sudden you're not joining a losing battle. You're joining a winning team. So that's a good comment. The, the internal PR to vendors and manufacturers, maybe that's where we're lacking all this time, David. Maybe we've been looking up the wrong tree. They're not scared enough. They're too yeah. comfortable. Yeah. They are they are too comfortable, and it's funny that you brought up China as well too, because what I noticed in China as well too, they're just as divided there as we are here, or in the UK, or in the U, or globally. The same bickering that goes on between us goes between the manufacturers. You know, this study that 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 I got the money for came from you know five or six manufacturers that are part of Sevia, and then when I reached out to Joytech, I reached out to Camry, 
I reached out to a couple of more companies, uh, H Cigar, a couple of the you know well-known crickets. Crickets. They don't want to do something along with Kanger, Inneken, Egate, and Boomer, and Hankson, and the other companies that are putting money for the study in. It's like they have their own division down there. <laughs> they have their own drama in China. Drama in China. That's a good one. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's a true. This is the only industry that I've seen that's so freaking divided, Dave. That means there's so much division and so much bickering within. Complacent is the word I would use. Yeah. Complacent. Somebody says, call them out. I called them out. As soon as I get this study funded, somebody says, call out these vendors. As soon as I get this study uh, launched next week, uh, I will announce who are the companies that donated. And Vapors will know exactly what companies from China donated to this study and, and which ones I did approach and they didn't, they didn't um, uh, contribute nothing to it. Uh, but, again, at the end of the day, Vapors don't give a shit. That's the, that's the thing. People got to understand that vapors will go buy, you know, whatever this is the cheapest. They're going to spend their money wherever they, they feel that they want to spend. It, it doesn't affect the way that we buy. It doesn't affect the way that we act. It doesn't affect what we tell to these companies. I just feel that if they're com- the vendors are complacent, the vapors are complacent as well too, David. Oh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of people say, I'm all right, Jack. It's fine by me. You know, I've got enough Nick stud to keep me going for three years. I can cut down from... 36 milligram down to 24 and then down to 18, so I'll be all right when the TPD comes through. And, you know, I know how to wind a coil, and I've got 43 Genesis Atties that I've paid $150 each for, and I've got all these mods, that so I'm fine. But what about the rest? What about the people that would have come behind? There, it, there is selfishness and complacency out there yeah. in all of the communities, and people just are not aware of what the ramifications of all this proposed legislation is, is going to be. They, they just have no clue that if the legislators get their own way and if they're not stopped, it's going to disappear from the face of the planet. Yeah. When people understand that and they're scared enough, they might act. My only fear, M, is that when, when that happens, it's going to be too late. Do you have that feeling? Because I have that feeling, and I don't like that feeling at all. It is going to be too late. Um, we're not like, you know, like Dave said, we're not scared enough. The vendors aren't vapors aren't, it's just a, it's a blase thing. People are just kind of like, eh, whatever. I've got what works for me. And it's a very selfish thing to, to, uh, it's a very selfish opinion to hold is that I'm okay. I don't give a shit about anybody else. And the problem is, is we should care about other people because this is about public health. This is about, you know, saving people's lives and preventing, you know, smoking related diseases and losing family members to stage four, you know, lung cancer. We need to be scared. We I'm, need to support it. I've been advocating for four years and I'm scared. If that does not scare you, I don't know what else can, can, can really scare you, okay? I am really, really scared on the situation. Somebody most mentioned Boca Raton. In Boca Raton, Florida, they're trying to pass an ordinance. They catch you vaping in certain places. They're going to jail you and give you a $500 fine. What the hell is this? I know. Why? Like, Germany of the 40s? What the hell is going on here? It's just completely out of control. And nobody's doing it. Nobody's challenging anything. Nobody's doing anything about it. Mm-mm. Do you know? Do you know what's going to happen? Let me tell you what's happening. By the way, I want to. I want to bring this up, and I'll let you finish your thought, uh, David. You know what? You want to know what's happening here in the United States, Dave? Uh, in Nevada, okay, there's a there's a proposed bill for thirty percent taxation on electronic cigarettes. Okay, so people go on the website and they can, you can put your comments. And uh, and uh, my friend Deanna Thompson, she's just a great advocate out there in Las Vegas. She put up this this uh, this screenshot of some of the comments that were posted on the Nevada website on the bill. Okay. And some mm-hmm. of the comments are, are very, very uh, educated and polite. 
Uh, I don't think this bill is fair. As the electronic cigarette industry is growing, I feel like a 30% tax on this product will force people to get back into smoking cigarettes. And st- I mean, just really, really good comments. Then she posts this comments that somebody put on there. This is a comment. <laughs> Fuck you and your taxations. <laughs> Y'all N-word. I don't want anyone to say it. Can't control me, Kanye West. After the, how the hell are we gonna win with thinking like that? That is a comment actually on a government website, David. I swear to God, I'm not making this shit up. <laughs> I mean, we're doomed. We're at, doomed. At, at, at the very worst, at least they are paused. <laughs> so I, I guess this must be one of those people who doesn't follow the I vape, I vote, but follows the I vape, I discriminate or something. <laughs> oh, my God. It's crazy. I was pulling my hair today when I saw that. I was like, you got to be kidding me. But go ahead and finish your, your thought, David. I'm sorry. Yeah, what, what I was going to say was um, in, in, in the UK and EU, it's going to get the May the 21st. TPD is going to be, if Totally Wicked is not successful by then, TPD is implemented throughout Europe. And then somebody I know is just going to turn around and say, why didn't you do more, Dave? And oh, my God. You've got to hold the mirror up. Yeah. You know, it's it's not about the advocates that we've got now. Everybody needs to be an advocate. I, I did a blog that was published on Tuesday on the New Nicotine Alliance site. I would urge people to read that. 2015 should be the year of the advocate. And every last vapor should be one. Yep. If you vape, yep. advocate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Em. And I, I think that's part of the big problem, too, in the community. I'm a member of so many groups, you know, with 18, 2,300 people in them. And trying to get the average vapor, somebody who's just started up, into the advocacy part. I had, don't know how many times I've gone into um, the group that An- uh, Andrew Abrook runs, Just Vapes, and said, if you guys want to get into advocacy and you don't know what to do, send me a message. I'll Skype with you. I'll make suggestions. I'll help you. Sometimes it's just being an annoying little bitch on Twitter and pissing off people, but you get seen. People will listen to you eventually. And you do that so well. I do, don't I? I was actually going to ask Em, do do you know somebody who would fit that description so we could, like, get her involved? (laughs) (laughs) But, but, you know, advocacy doesn't necessarily mean kind of taking the limelight and and, uh, taking a front stage role. It can be as simple as sitting down and writing a handwritten letter to your... um, your, your representative in, in Parliament, in the Senate, in Congress, or wherever it needs to be, a handwritten letter giving politely but assertively your views on potential legislation on what's going on, that's advocacy. Yeah. It's when, when somebody walks up to you and says, you're disgusting because you're vaping that on the beach. Explain courteously, politely but assertively that what you are doing harms no one um, and tell them that studies exist that say, that tell you unequivocally that you are harming no one. You educate as you advocate and logic will always overcome ideology. It has to in the end. Otherwise, the human race is doomed. I, can't, I mean, I can't expect for every vapor to be this way, Okay. I mean, we we we've taken it to a different like 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 cloud chasers like to build you know coils and these fancy 
you know, rhinoceros trying to, we like to advocate. I mean, I don't expect them all to, to, to take that route. I really don't. But what I do expect is at least the, the, the vendors to guide their customers to be able to support them in the time that they need. And at least, the, I mean, the ones that care, I want them to be involved and be aware of what's going on. It frustrates me when I see people within their state that don't know what's going on legislation-wise. It's going to affect their, or even in the EU, UK vapors that don't know exactly what this proposed regulation that is coming in May, what it's going to do to them. They have to at least be aware that this unlimited supply of product and delicious juices that we have is going to end someday. And if they don't understand that, there's nothing really I can do. Earlier, I saw a comment in the chat that said, come help New York. How in the hell can I come help New York? I mean, what, what are you going to just leave my family here in my, in my work and all that to come and help New York? Get the vendors there organized. It's not, it's not hard to do. You know, if they want to fight for the rights, you, the vapors, need to pressure your vendors to get organized. Not start a freaking Indiegogo campaign. All right, no. let me guess. I don't want to get started on that again. We'll start ranting again. Um, quickly, David, uh, while, while I have you uh, here, what can the this side of the pond do uh, and, and, and your side of the pond do to collaborate with each other? What can we do together as a team? What can we do globally? Let's say, let's say now that I've got a good headway with China, I'm able to bring China into the picture as well, too. What would you like to see happen altogether as a collaborative effort? I think we've, we've got to uh, really collaborate on getting the right message out there and getting as many people as we can singing from the proper hymn sheet. The right words, the right tune, with the right chorus all the time. That might mean that we need to sort of consensus opinion out first. Um, but we need to generate more effective advocacy worldwide, not just America, not just Europe, but worldwide in every possible state because you know even the the antipodes australia and new zealand are having a hell of a hard time of it they've got one of the evil triumvirate down there and unfortunately his voice is heard way too loud you have a second member of the evil triumvirate over there and his voice is heard way too loud he's a beached whale he needs to expire as a beached whale would and we have the irish devil over here as well whose voice is also heard too loud. We need to get people together singing from the right hymn sheet to oppose and rebut every last word those charlatans has published. That's what we've got to do. We've got to make 2015 the year of the advocate, and everybody needs to be an advocate to some degree. That's what we've got to do worldwide. I think you're absolutely right. Well, I'm going to do my part, and I committed myself to science this year. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be stroking the Chinese, trying to get money. That's going to be my goal. <laughs> I'm going to be the bridge to the Chinamen if I have to. I don't give a shit. I don't care what anybody thinks. We have to get them involved, and we have to get this on a global effort. I totally agree with you, Dave. Stefan. Uh, Bas- basically, what you're saying is give me the fortune and keep the cookie. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Listen, it's a different culture. People have to understand. It's not very easy to do this. It's it's they don't understand how the systems work in the EU and the USA. And all this product is moving. They're moving millions. They they just don't get it. I was talking to one of the Chinese factory owners and told them about the EPA here in the United States and what it does. And they were looking at me like I was lying to them with with a mouth open. They said that there really exists a body like that that can do it. I was like, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we have to take it slow. We have to make them understand that they need help. And I think they will. I think they're going to come around. I truly believe that. Uh, and, and more of this collaboration that goes back and forth, the more that we're able to open up the door, I think the better it's going to be in the future. But only time will tell. We have to have the right pieces in, in, in place here on this side to be able to accept that and be able to work with, you know, with 
that side. You know, it's very, very, it's two different cultures. They just, they just need to know that if they want a happy ending, it's going to cost more than five dollars. Yes, 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 yes. That's exactly right. But they don't. They don't, David. It truly. I, 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 I'm, I'm. You know, if I didn't see it with my own two eyes, I would not believe it. But they truly, truly don't get it. They don't understand it. I think that after the conference that we had, I think at least it got into their head, and that's why we saw this is the first time ever that the Chinese have given money to a study, okay? You know it, I know it. It's never happened Mm -hmm. before. So you can't tell me that they haven't seen something. They know they have to help. But on the other hand, it's a culture that wants to see a return. They want to see where their money is going. They want to see it invested correctly, and that's just the way that they are. If we're able to take the study and do something good about it, I think that the door will open up, and they're going to be more willing to help more in the future. I truly believe that. So it's one thing getting the money, but it's actually doing something with it as well, too. You're absolutely right. And, and you know, we've got to be able to demonstrate that, but that's going to require that the vaping community pulls together as one in the right direction, making the right noises at the right time in the right places. True. It, it's going to take work. And True. complacency does not help that. No, it does not. Uh, all right, Stefan, some final words from you. We've got to wrap this thing up. Uh, final words. Uh, I'm going to have dinner and hopefully uh, go to bed early because uh, I'm looking forward to a big day. Uh, you've done a great job over there with uh, with Doug uh, from Lucky Deuces, um, uh, another great guy over there, and Mark. And I mean, you guys have done you know a fabulous job in California. Better well, here's le- the lesson: we started with absolutely nothing, like literally nothing. Mm-hmm. It was just the four of us who you drove were n- this. Nothing or nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Okay, good. Okay. So, so the message that. is, if we can do this, other people can do this. Yeah. It is, however, an effort, and you have to actually really sit down and do it or stand up or walk or be in places. But it is possible to to raise money. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you you need it. California is on the radar, and it's, it gets a lot of mainstream media, and you have to win. If you win there, I think it's going to set a good tone. Right, and uh, no crowdfunders. <laughs> yeah, no crowd. Please, no Indiegogo campaigns. Please don't do that. <laughs> right. No, no, no. no. I, I'm, I'm totally against that. Uh, Mr. David Dorn, Vapor Trails TV. That is V-A-P-O-U-R. Uh, spelled Correctly spelled, yes. Correct. <laughs> Vapor Trails TV. By the way, well, uh, just just briefly, I want to say, you know, you guys are doing a wonderful job there with the shows. Great content, as always. Uh, while I have your – how was Vapor Trails TV born? I, I, I don't think I've ever heard you tell me how exactly you came up with a concept. It's a very long story. Okay, maybe I'll have to bring uh, you on for another show. To cut a long story short, it uh-huh. was born out of Andy Sutton and myself taking the piss out of a couple of juices behind the bar at the first vape fest in Tamworth in the UK. Mm-hmm. And we decided we wanted to do it more. And that was where Vapor Trails TV came from. Well, uh, maybe we can discuss it when I visit London in uh, May. I hope I get to see you there. And um, Oh, I'll be seeing you there for definitely. Maybe we can sit down and discuss it a little bit more. David, I know it's late. I know you've been working all day with the interview. I want to thank you for joining us here on the Smoke Free Radio. Always insightful, great discussion. And, uh, and let's keep this going. We have to work on a global level. I think this is the key. I think being able to come all together internationally uh, is, is what we need uh, you know, immediately right now. It's it's been my great pleasure to join you tonight. Thank you for having me, and uh, I'm your number one fan. <laughs> we'll check you out tomorrow night. Yeah, that'll be cool. I Thank you, David. You Thank you, my Cheers. friend. I appreciate Good it. Night. All right, Stefan, thanks a lot. Uh, uh, where, thank you for having tell, me. Tell uh, me where the event is going to be tomorrow. 
Uh, tomorrow, uh, Sacramento at the Poor House, which is the restaurant attached to the Vapor House. Uh, starting 1 p.m. sharp, running to 4 p.m., then we're moving back to the Vapor House portion for mingling, networking, and uh, other questions. And probably a bunch of us are going to stay for dinner. The Poor House is a poor location to raise money. Because uh, <laughs> it's the easy. poor house. You need to go to the rich house. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> poor P O U R. I know, so. I know. I'm making up funny, <laughs> Stefan. I'm making a stuff. <laughs> All right, Stefan. Keep me posted as always. Uh, anytime you want to come back on and let's talk about it, you're more than welcome here on Smoke Free Radio. Thank you very much. Thank you. And M. Yes. Delightful conversation today. Always, always great having some uh, some very brilliant people on to to discuss the the future of vaping. Yeah, they're great. Both Stefan and Dave. I'm 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 really concerned. I'm really concerned of, of the of of the future, and I'm really frightened. And uh, you know, I've committed myself to this. I know you have. I know these guys have as well too. And there's there's hundreds of people out there that do the same thing. Uh, and you know, a hundred people that are sitting here listening tonight. I think they all feel the same way as pioneers. But we have to broaden this out a little bit. We got to reach those people that vape that have no idea of what's going on. And unfortunately, that's the majority of vapors. Yeah. The most people that vape don't even know. That vaping might not be around, which is really unfortunate. But you know, how do you who do you blame, and how do you get to those people? I I don't have the I don't have the answer. Neither do I, to be honest. Yeah. I I know when I went into Tamworth, um, where the first vape fest was held, I was just there over the weekend, and I was talking to a, a lady that had come up to one of the stalls to buy some e-cigs, and and we were talking about stuff like the open and the closed systems, and she said, they want to ban this? And I said, well, yeah, because you're not smoking anymore. And she said, oh, my God. And I gave her I gave her a card for my website and stuff and told her to get in touch with me because she didn't she didn't know. She'd been vaping for two years, but she's just on a little ego, and she's, you know, she was an older lady, doesn't get on the yeah, forums. She's yeah, not on yeah. Facebook or anything like that. So she didn't have a clue. There's yeah. so many people out there that have yeah. no idea what's happening. Yeah, and there's, there's hundreds of what I call mainstream vapors, and those are just people that are just looking to get away from tobacco. They don't care. They get their stuff on one website or one store. They're comfortable. They're away from tobacco, and that's all they really care about. And I truly think that that's what we need on our side to be able to to win this thing. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Um, that's all we had for this episode of Smoke Free Radio. I want to thank my guests for coming on, Stefan Didak with the – South California or the North California chapter of SWAT. I think he's doing work on both. David Dorn, of course, uh, host on Vapor Trails TV and the lovely co-host M. Uh, have a wonderful evening. Uh, we'll see you again next week, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on the VP Live Network. Have a wonderful evening. <laughs>